Hello, everybody. I hope that all of you are doing well and you are excited for the Super Bowl and uh, have some place to go and to enjoy it with people. And I hope that you are happy to be here and it is happy. We're happy to have all of you here. And um, yeah, Super Sunday. Here we are on Super Sunday. And um, uh, you might notice that I'm wearing uh, the Eagles colors right now, right? So um, truth is, this is the only clean shirt I had. And actually, it's a little dirty. It's a little dirty. But the thing about the Eagles, and you got you to gotta listen carefully to this, okay? The thing about the Eagles, they never let a jersey keep it from being worn. You got that? In other words, they haven't washed their jerseys since the last time they won the Super Bowl. That's how superstitious they are. And I don't know if you know Eagles fans, but they're, they're said to be the toughest fans in the NFL. And if you ever, you're from South Jersey, right? That's what you said? If you've ever been down to the Jersey Shore, uh, close to Philly, and you see the Eagles fans come out. I mean, they, they take over the shore with this, this color green uh, everywhere. And I'm, I, honestly, I'm not, I'm not pulling for the, the, the Eagles because right now all their green is really faded because they haven't won the Super Bowl in so long. And I don't want to see them break out all this new green, you know, because they, they won the Super Bowl. And so I know this is hard for some of you to see me wearing this. So I brought back up. That's, that's much better, right? Isn't that... Isn't that much better? I, yeah, I, I have to admit, the Giants have had a few tough years. And um, I, I haven't really felt like wearing this jersey uh, in, in a few years. And Don, used, Don would get on to me all the time, like, you're a Fairweather friend or fan, Fairweather fan. And I'd be like, Don, you are 100% right. Uh, I am. Um, but they had a good year this year, and so I am wearing this in hopes that by wearing it today, next year I can wear it on Super Bowl Sunday, for real, for real. And so, now I know it's probably bothering you that I'm, some of you that I'm wearing this, so I brought another jersey. No, I'm kidding, I did not bring another jersey, no, this is enough, enough of this. Let's get to the sermon, right? Yeah, Kennard, get to preaching. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Um, we've been talking about grace all year, and um, it's been fantastic, I think, to focus on grace. It's really helped me a ton focusing on grace this year. We've been talking about something new, something fresh, new beginnings, and we saw that grace is God's answer to the human dilemma, that because of grace, we get to respond to God, and I appreciate so much Salim and his message today, because really, that's what the year's been all about. It's been about recognizing the ways that God has blessed us in our lives and all the grace that we have received, and because of that, 
responding to the grace of God. And I appreciate the Newsoms because that's what they do with their lives. You see it. You see that they respond to the grace of God and, uh, and add to our community, add to our, our church, and glorify God with their lives. And I'm so grateful for them and the lives that they're living. And I want us to continue to think about grace today, but I want us to think about it in a little different way. I want us to think about how grace leads to spiritual health. And so I want us to talk about being spiritually healthy today. And I want to talk about abiding in Jesus or remaining in Jesus, which goes into John chapter 15. And so you might want to go ahead and turn your Bibles to John 15. We're going to be reading from that text. But this will be our focus. How can we be spiritually healthy? Well, to be spiritually healthy, it's all based on the grace of God. And we respond to God's grace, and God gives us spiritual health as we abide in Jesus and as Jesus abides in us. And that's the key to this lesson today. When, um, when I was um, 10 years old, um, my mom had the last member of our family. So it was three boys. And for 10 years, I was the middle child. And you probably thought, I thought so. I thought there was something about you. There's that middle child thing going on in you. And yes, there definitely is. There definitely is a middle child thing going on in me. And my mom, she had our, our youngest, uh, but he came on many years after the rest of us, 10 years after me, 12 years after my older brother, eight years after my younger brother, and then Doug, and then Doug came along. And I can remember when mom and Doug came home from the hospital. Um, I, it was going to be while we were in school. And so we were in school, and I was so excited to see my little brother. I would not seen him or mom, and I was so excited to get home. And the school day was just a blur. You know, I, I couldn't think about anything else during the day but getting home to see my little brother. And our bus that we took home we could get off at two different stops, okay? So we could get off at the stop at the bottom of the hill, which was a little, a little farther, but it was the first stop where we could get off that, at that stop. And then we'd have to go uphill. And so it wasn't a huge uphill, but it was uphill. And then we would get home. Or we could keep riding on the bus. And the bus would continue to travel throughout the neighborhood, making its stops. And then it would stop close to our house on a level spot. And so instead of walking uphill, uh, four energetic young boys decided, let's just stay on the bus and take the easier stop, you know, <laughs> it's just, it made no sense because we were running around all the time that we stayed on the bus. And that was our habit. That's what we did. Well, in my mind this day, I decided I'm going to be the first to see my brother. I'm going to beat those other two guys home. And I'm going to show that I am smarter and I'm faster and, you know, I, and I truly am the middle child. <laughs> All that middle child syndrome going on in me. And so I decided I'm going to get off at the first stop and I'm not going to tell them. I'm just going to, when the door is about to close, I'm going to jump out the door and I'm going to run up the hill and I'm going to be the first home to greet mom and to see my baby brother. And I, you know, the bus stopped, I waited, I waited, I waited, and, and I was watching the bus driver, you know, they had those things where they pull like that, you know, I waited, and when he grabbed it, I jumped out the door, and then the door closed behind me, 
and my brothers were looking out the window and I was like, <laughs> and I ran home, I ran up the hill and I beat them by about five minutes. When they got there, I was holding my little brother in my arms and I had the biggest smirk on my face, you know, and my brothers were so mad. My older brother wanted to hit me, but I held the baby right next to my head, you know, go ahead. I dare you, you know, and my little brother was just uh, turning red and he was so mad. And uh, so I, I kept holding him until they cooled down a bit because I knew what it was going to be like. And so I just held him, you know, right there in my arms. And then finally, mom said, okay, time to give somebody else a chance. And so I handed my baby brother to mom and I ran out the door real fast uh, and didn't actually come back till supper time. But I would, this little child we all love so much because he came along so much later than the rest of us. But the thing about Doug was mom noticed after about three or four weeks, she noticed that Doug um, wasn't putting on weight, that he was crying a lot, that he wasn't able to keep his food down, that no matter how much she fed him, that he seemed to always be hungry. And she noticed that. She noticed those things about him. Now, she couldn't tell what was wrong, but she had raised three babies already. She could tell something was wrong. And the way that she could tell something was wrong is because she could see he wasn't healthy, that he wasn't putting on weight, that he wasn't growing, that he was crying a lot, those kind of things. And so she took him to the doctor and she told the doctor, she said, something is wrong with Doug. Something is wrong. And he said, well, what, what is it? He said, I don't know. You're the doctor. I need for you to find out. And he said, well, I'm, I'm sure it's nothing. She said, no, it's something. It's something because I've raised three of these, and I know what I'm talking about. There's something going wrong here. And so the doctor listened to everything that was going on and, and ultimately took some x-rays and looked inside and found that there was a muscle leading to the stomach that was causing blockage. And so the food would go down a ways, but then it would come right back up. And so no matter how much my mom fed um, Doug, the food would end up coming back. And so they said, well, he needs surgery. We're going to have to go in and we're going to have to clip that muscle. And when we clip that muscle, everything will be fine. And you know what? They did. They, 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 um, Doug had surgery. They clipped the muscle. And after that, after everything healed, he started being able to digest food. He wasn't crying as much. And he started putting weight and he started growing, and he started to be a healthy child. Now, my point of that is, is that my mom could not, she didn't, she couldn't diagnose exactly what the problem was, but she could tell there was a problem, wasn't a healthy child. She could see the lack of health and understand there's something going on here. And I think in our spiritual lives, it's much the same. In our spiritual lives, what God is looking for, he's looking for us to be healthy. And what we need to look for in each other is we need to look for each other to be healthy. And if we're not healthy for one reason or another, then we have to see, okay, something's going on. Something is going on here. And we need to search for help. 
And part of that help, I feel like, comes from John chapter 15. Understanding the grace of God and then putting into effect what, it's, what Jesus teaches here in John 15. So we're looking at John 15, verse 1. You guys with me? <clears throat> okay, I'm going to read a little bit here, so stick with me here. John 15, verse 1 through 17. This is the words of Jesus. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. You bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burn. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. <clears throat> Apparently, I need two microphones to read uh, today. <laughs> As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command, love each other. So we're going to look at this passage for the next couple of weeks, today and next week, God willing. And <clears throat> the main thing I want to uh, focus on is the first few verses here. Uh, Jesus describes this vineyard. And God is the, the gardener. Jesus himself is the vine. But what he's describing here is spiritual health, how we can be healthy spiritually. And all of this is based on the grace of God. It's based on God being the gardener, Jesus being the vineyard. But we can be spiritually healthy because God has put things into, in place in our lives so that we can flourish on the vine. And he says, how do the branches become healthy? Jesus says, abide, or another word there is remain in me. And sometimes we forget the second part, but he also says, is I abide or remain in you? It's a relationship. It's not one-sided. It's not, well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna work and with my work and with my effort, I'm gonna hang on to Jesus. No, Jesus hangs on to us. In fact, I would say Jesus hangs on to us stronger then we often hang on to him. I mean, he's always there. He's always present. He's never going to let go. But sometimes we are tempted to let go. And sometimes, honestly, we do let go. But Jesus is always right there to grab us again, because that's who he is. And that's the love that he has. And so we abide in him, but he also abides in us. And it says, if we do this, just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, Neither can you unless you abide in me. That's Jesus speaking. I am the vine, you are the branches. Jesus gives us the key to healthy spirituality. 
to being a healthy disciple, and that is abide, remain, stay in Jesus. He actually talks about uh, four elements here, four elements in this story, um, and a fifth one I'm going to, to put in there that's not named, but this element or ingredient is all over this story, okay? So there's four elements here, and a fifth one I'm going to add. First, Jesus says, I am the vine. So we need to start there, right? If we're going to remain and abide, we need to start with Jesus. Jesus is the vine. The, branch, the branches rely on the vine for nourishment. As disciples, we rely on Jesus for spiritual nourishment. Branches cannot live on their own. If a branch leaves the vine, the branch will shrivel up and die. And the same is true of us spiritually. We need Jesus. We need to recognize Jesus is the source for healthy spiritual living. Jesus is that source. He is the branch, or the vine, rather. <clears throat> and all disciples need a healthy dose of Jesus. <clears throat> we all need a healthy dose of Jesus all the time. And is that where your head is? Is that where your life is? Is that where your focus is? That I am all about Jesus. I need Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I need Jesus all the time. Do we stay in the Gospels? Do we read about Jesus? Do we think about Jesus? Do we meditate on Jesus? Do we make decisions like Jesus? Do we live like Jesus? You know, I love to sing songs about Jesus. I love to read the Gospels. Some of the songs that I sing and just think about throughout the day are songs that go, I want to be like Jesus deep down in my heart. I have decided to follow Jesus. Tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. I love this one. My Jesus, he can fix it. Because, you know, I need fixing quite a lot. I am a middle child. And so I need fixing quite a lot. But you know what? My Jesus, he can fix it. Another one I love is Jesus is all the world to me, my life, my joy, my all. It, that's a beautiful, beautiful song. Jesus, Jesus, I love thee. Another one that I really like is blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Fairest Lord Jesus. <clears throat> and one of my favorite songs right now is, what if a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. I'm going to close with that song and some of the lyrics from that song. But it's, it's just, it keeps me focused on the person I need to focus on. And that is Jesus. And so if we're going to be healthy, we have to be connected to the vine. We have to think about Jesus. Think about him. Read about him. Meditate on him. Um, Think like him, make decisions like him, be like him. Is Jesus the center of your focus? Next comes God. God is in the picture here. And God is the vine grower, or he's the gardener, or he's the vine keeper. It's translated different ways. But what the gardener does is the, bar, the gardener tends the vineyard. The gardener makes sure that the branches are healthy branches. The gardener is concerned about the health of the vineyard. That is to say that God is concerned about each of us. God is concerned about our health. God wants us to be connected to the vine. 
And God's going to help make that connection true and make that connection solid. That's who God is. God has given us life. God has given us Jesus and given us his spirit. And God has given us each other for encouragement so that we have this great community where we can help each other be connected to the vine Jesus. But all of that is God. That's God's work. That's what God's, God does. That's grace. That's God in his grace showing us how much he loves us. He's given us the vine to be connected uh, and allows us to be connected to Jesus. Third, the third element here is, is pruning, actually, pruning. And that's a little different than the other two I just mentioned. Pruning is when, and if you don't understand that term, pruning is when the gardener, in this case, God, goes in and checks the branches and makes sure, he makes sure that the branches are healthy. But also, he prunes the branches, which means that he takes the unhealthy branches and he cuts them away. He cuts the unhealthy branches away. And this is a pruning process in order to make the whole vine and the whole community healthy. And we need to understand that, that part of living the life of a disciple of Jesus is we want to keep as many people as we possibly can. We do. We want to see everyone be a strong disciple. We want to see everyone be healthy, but not everyone is going to make healthy choices. And we don't do the pruning. God does. That's his job. And that's what God does. But God notices sometimes that there are branches that need to be pruned. And God does the pruning. And he actually does that through the word. It says, I have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. You have already been cleansed. God prunes us as we listen to the word of Jesus. He prunes the vine. He prunes the community as we preach the word of Jesus. And a healthy branch needs not only a healthy dose of Jesus, a healthy branch needs a healthy dose of the word of Jesus. Read Jesus's words, meditate on Jesus's words, memorize Jesus's words, allow his words to cleanse your heart. None of us want the pruning impact of, of God as gardener. And the way not to get there is by staying in the word of Jesus and helping each other to stay in the word of Jesus. This is one of the reasons we have life groups, because with life groups, we talk about the word of God together, and we cleanse each other in these life groups so that we're all healthier, and we all are connected to the vine. But then the fourth ingredient, before I um, add this fifth one that is in and around and all over this picture in this image, is to abide or to remain. The branch abides on the vine. If I, if I were to say, okay, what is, what is the one idea, the one idea to take away from this message? It's this idea right here. Remain in Jesus. Remain on the vine. Because there's a lot to think about with this image that Jesus is giving us. But the main one, the key one is abide. If you want to be spiritually healthy, Remain in Jesus and allow him to remain in you. That's how to have spiritual health. That's the key. So to be a healthy branch, we must be connected to Jesus. Uh, there must be a consistent connection. There must be a personal connection. And the connection is built upon the realization that apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. 
that it's all about Jesus, that healthy spirituality comes from abiding in Jesus. And so I see this abide in Jesus as sort of a canopy for our lives, an umbrella under which we live. Am I remaining and abiding in Jesus? And am I allowing Jesus to remain in me? Therefore, and we're going to talk about this more next week, some of the how do we abide in Jesus? How do we remain in him? But we do it by reading scripture, by praying, by practicing meditation, by worship, by having healthy relationships with other disciples, by serving people, by teaching people, by being evangelistic, and by being cleansed by the word of Jesus. There's a lot there. But today I want us to think about just this main concept to really enjoy the grace of God in our lives and to have a constantly fresh life with God. We need to abide in Jesus. We need to remain in him. And I'm going to go to this slide right here. This next slide. Yeah, that slide. I know it's super hard to see, it's a, but it's a really beautiful drawing. I didn't draw it, um, but uh, uh, Stephen Tomlinson, I think, did. Um, I think that's the name of the artist. And he talks in, in this about a fifth element that's all around the vine. And I know it's hard to see. So let me just point it out. This fifth element is in the upper right-hand corner, the sun. It's in the upper left-hand corner, the rain. And it's underneath the vine and underneath the, 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 the dirt there. And it's actually in the dirt and it's the nutrients of the dirt. And it, this is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is all around us all the time. And the spirit is our sunshine and the spirit is our rain and the spirit is the nutrients that we draw up from the, the dirt. And it works with Jesus and the vine to give us nutrition and to give us and to quench our thirst and to give us sunshine and to help us flourish. We need the Holy Spirit to mature. We need the Holy Spirit to thrive. We need the Holy Spirit for us to be healthy. And I am grateful that we have the Holy Spirit in our lives. I'm grateful that the Holy Spirit works with us to be healthy. And I encourage all of us to look even this week at ways that we can think about the Holy Spirit working in our life, nourishing us so that we are more connected to Jesus and more connected, and Jesus is more connected to us. I said I wanted to come back to a song at the end here. And the song is, What a Beautiful Name It Is. And I'm going to close with some of the lyrics of this song. Because if we're going to be connected to Jesus, then we have to keep Jesus on our mind. And one thing that helps me to keep Jesus on my mind is just what I'm listening to and what I'm thinking about and what I'm reading. It sounds, you know, super simple and super practical, honestly, because it is. I find in my own life, that if I'm not focused on Jesus, then I'm not the person I want to be. And um, I mean, right now, just because of the season of the year, because of where we are, and you know, Daniel passed just over a year ago, but he started really declining in health right now. Um, it's my son, Daniel, for those of you who don't know. Um, he passed in March, but he really started deteriorating in February, and we watched the decline. And it's a painful time. It is a painful time. And, you know, Lee looked at me yesterday and she said, you're not nice. 
And I thought about it all night. I thought about it and I realized you're right. I'm not nice. And one of the reasons, and there's no excuse, it's just where I am. I'm in so much pain right now. So much pain that I, I want to just get away. I just want to be away from everyone and everything. I'm in so much pain that I want to, I, I want to punch things, not, not a person except this person, except me. I want to punch me. Just because it's just hard. It's hard to live life without Daniel. It's just so difficult. And I never thought that I'd be at this place in my life. You know, parents don't think about living beyond their children. It just happens sometimes. And this morning I, I woke up and I realized, okay, I'm, you Steve, you're going to preach this lesson. I had Ryan on standby. <laughs> Steve, you're going to preach this lesson, but before you do, you got to get your heart right. You got to, you got to give your pain to God and you got to think more about Jesus and you got to be focused on Jesus. And so I started playing the song over and over and over again. I just put it on a loop and I just played it over and over again. And I was working, finishing the sermon, working on the final touches of the sermon. And I thought, this is how I need to end because this is so helpful for me. So I want to give you some of the lyrics of the song, give you the song, and then give you the lesson and just ask all of us this week. Some of us are in pain. It might be physical pain. It might be emotional pain. You might be grieving too. Give your grief to God and abide in Jesus. For some of us, we might be on the outside looking in. We're just not as committed as we once were. And you know that. You know if you're not. I mean, it's, it's you know if you're spiritually healthy or not. You do. And you know if you're happy in the Lord or if you're not. You know if you're giving to the community or you're not. You know if you're giving, using your gifts for Jesus or not. You do. And if you're not, then get in Jesus. Abide in Jesus. Focus on him. Be connected. Um, I mean, I'm, I know that some, I, I don't know, I don't know where everyone is, but I know that but for some people, um, there's just not the consistency. Even of showing up, there's not the consistency. You know, and I wonder today, are there people on Zoom that'll end up going to a Super Bowl party, but not be at church this morning? And I'm like, why? Why would you do that? Why would you miss out on this and go to a Super Bowl party? It makes absolutely no sense in my mind. You're too sick to come, I get it. You'll be too sick to go to a Super Bowl party. But are you living your life but leaving worship, the assembled worship, the community of God out? Then I encourage you, I encourage you to get connected to Jesus. And I know what it's like to live in pain. I know what it's like to want to, you know, stop, to give up for an hour, just to say, I'm, I'm done. I know what that's like because I feel it, honestly, I feel it every day. But if it weren't for Jesus, I wouldn't be standing here and I wouldn't know how to live life. And so I cling to Jesus. Why? Because that's where life is. It's in him. Abide in me as I abide in you. 
Jesus isn't going to let go of me, and so I'm not going to let go of him. And I'm just being honest right now. I'm just saying some honest things, some things that I feel like probably should have been said a while ago. But show up. Be connected. Be in the vine and be in the community. Love each other. Um, let's be who Jesus expects us to be as individuals and as a community. This song, I wish I could sing it for you, but I can't. And I wish, no, I really can't. Thank you. Thank you, sister. Thank you. And one sister saying yes, and everybody else is saying no, please, please. <laughs> Maybe the spirit will move me. Um, it says, you were the word at the beginning talking about Jesus, one with God, the Lord most high, your hidden glory and creation now revealed in you, our Christ. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. The second line really gets me. You didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down here. My sin was great. Your love was greater. What could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. And then there's this refrain that builds. There's a crescendo in it. And it's, oh man, I wish I could sing this, but I can't. There's no music and I can't do it. Um, but it goes, uh, the, the words are just amazing. Death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. You silence the boast of sin and the grave. The heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory, for you are raised to life again. You have no rival, you have no equal. Now and forever, God, you reign. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory. Yours is the name above all names. What a beautiful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against. The powerful name it is. The name of Jesus.